listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and you can share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 297. We are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 10, Paragraphs 155 to 162. Chapter 10. The favors which the Most Holy Mary conferred upon the apostles through the ministry of her angels, the salvation of a woman procured by Mary in the last hour, and what happened to others that damned themselves. 155. As the new law of grace continued to spread in Jerusalem, so the number of the faithful increased, and the new evangelical church was augmented day by day. Acts 5.14 In like manner did the solicitude and attention of its great queen and teacher Mary expand toward the new children engendered by the apostles through their preaching. As they were the foundation stones of the church on which the security of that building was to depend, the most prudent lady lavished special care upon the apostolic college. Her heavenly solicitude augmented in proportion to the wrath of Lucifer against the followers of Christ, and especially against the apostles as the ministers of eternal salvation to the other faithful. It will never be possible to describe or to estimate in this life the blessings and favors conferred by her upon the church and upon each of its mystical members. This happened especially in regard to the apostles and disciples, for as has been revealed to me, not a day or hour passed in which she did not work for them many wonders. I will relate in this chapter some of the events which are very instructive on account of the secrets of divine providence, therein contained. From them we can form an estimate of the most vigilant charity and zeal of the Blessed Mary for souls. 156. All the apostles she loved and served with incredible affection and reverence, both on account of their great holiness and on account of their dignity as priests, as ministers, preachers, and founders of the gospel. During all their stay in Jerusalem, she attended upon them, counseled, and directed them in the manner noted above. With the increase of the church, they were obliged to go outside of Jerusalem in order to baptize and admit to the faith many of the inhabitants of the neighboring places. But they also returned to the city because they had purposely delayed separating from each other, or having Jerusalem until they should receive orders to do so. From the Acts, we learn that St. Peter went to Lydda and Jaffa, where he raised Tabitha from the dead and performed other miracles, returning again to Jerusalem. 
Although St. Luke relates these excursions after speaking of the death of St. Stephen, of which I shall treat in the following chapter, yet during these events many were converted throughout Palestine, and it was necessary that the apostles go forth to preach to them and to confirm them in the faith, always returning in order to give an account of their doings to their heavenly mistress. 157. During all their journeys and preachings, the common enemy of all sought to hinder the spread of the divine word or its fruit by rousing the unbelievers to many contradictions and altercations with the apostles and their listeners or converts. For it seemed to the infernal dragon more easy to assault them when he saw them removed and far from the protection of their mistress. So formidable, the great queen of the angels appeared to the hellish hosts, that in spite of the eminent holiness of the apostles, Lucifer imagined them disarmed, and at his mercy easily approachable to his temptations, as soon as they left the presence of Mary. The furious pride of this dragon, as it is written in Job, Job 41.18, esteems the toughest steel as weak straw, and the hardest bronze as a stick of rotten wood. He fears not the dart nor the sling, but he, he dreaded the protection of the most blessed Mary, and in tempting the apostles he waited until they should have left her presence. 158. But her protection failed them not on that account, for the great lady from the watchtower of her exalted knowledge reached out in every direction. Like a most vigilant sentinel, she discovered the assaults of Lucifer and hastened to the relief of her sons and ministers of her Lord. When, in her absence, she could not speak to the apostles in any of their afflictions, she immediately sent her holy angels to their assistance in order to encourage, forewarn, and console them, and sometimes also to drive away the assaulting demons. All this the celestial spirits executed promptly in compliance with the orders of their queen. At times they would do it secretly by inspirations and interior consolations. At others, and more frequently, they manifested themselves visibly assuming most beautiful and refulgent bodies and informing the apostles of what was proper for the occasion or what had been ordered by their mistress. This happened very often on account of their purity and holiness and on account of the necessity of favoring them with such an abundance of consolation and, and encouragement. In all their difficulties and labors, the most loving mother thus assisted them. Besides offering up for them her continual prayers and thanksgiving, she was the strong woman whose domestics were sheltered by double garments, the mother of the family who supplied all with nourishment, and who by the labor of her hands planted the vineyard of the Lord. 159. With all the other faithful, she proportionately exhibited the same care. And although there were many converts in Jerusalem and in Palestine, she remembered them all in their necessities and tribulations. And she thought not only of the needs of the souls, but of the body, and many she cured of most grave sickness. Others whom she knew were not to be cured miraculously, she visited and assisted in person. Of the poor, she took a still greater care with her own hand, administering to them food on their beds of sickness, and seeing to their being kept clean, as if she were the servant of all, infirm with the infirm. So great was the humility, the charity, and solicitude of the great queen of the world, that she refused no service or lowliest ministry to the faithful, no matter how humble and insignificant the condition of those applying for her assistance. 
She filled each one with joy and consolation and lightened all their labors, those upon whom, on account of their absence, she could not personally attend. She assisted secretly through her holy angels or by her prayers and petitions. 160. In a special manner, her maternal kindness exhibited itself to those who were in the agony of death, for she attended many of the dying and would not leave them until they secured their eternal salvation. For those who went to purgatory, she offered up most fervent prayers and performed some works of penance, such as prostrations in the form of a cross, genuflections, and other exercises by which she satisfied for their faults. Then she sent one of her angels in order to draw them from purgatory and present them to her son in heaven as his own and as the fruits of his blood and redemption. This happiness the Queen of Heaven procured to many souls during her stay upon earth. And as far as was made known to me, this favor is not denied in our days to those who during their earthly life dispose themselves properly for meriting her presence, as I have written in another place. But since it would be necessary to extend the scope of this history very much, if I were to describe how the Most Blessed Mary assisted many in the hour of death, I cannot dilate upon this matter. I will recount only one incident, in which she freed a girl from the jaws of the infernal dragon. It is one which is extraordinary and worthy of the attention of us all, that it would not be right to omit it in this history or deprive ourselves of the lesson it contains. 161. Among the 5,000 who were first converted and who received baptism in Jerusalem, there was also a young girl of poor and humble parentage. This young woman, busying herself with her household duties, took ill and for many days she dragged on in her sickness without improvement. As happens to many other souls, she, on that account, fell from her first fervor, and in her neglect committed some sins endangering her baptismal grace. Lucifer, who never relaxed in his thirst for the ruin of souls, approached this woman and attacked her with the fiercest cruelty, being thus permitted by God to do so for his greater glory and that of Most Blessed Mother. The demon appeared to her in the form of another woman, and with much cajolery told her to withdraw from those people who were preaching the crucified, and not to believe anything they said because it was all falsehood, that if she would not follow this advice, she would be punished by the priests and judges who had crucified the teacher of that new and counterfeit religion, whereas if she obeyed, she would live peacefully and free from danger. The girl answered, I will do what thou sayest, but what shall I do in regard to that lady whom I have seen with these men and women, and who appears to be so kind and peaceful? I desire her goodwill very much. The demon replied, This one whom thou mentionest is worse than all the rest, and her thou must shun before all. It is most important that thou withdraw from her snares. 162. Infested with this deadly poison of the ancient serpent, the soul of this simple dove was brought near to eternal death, and her body, instead of being relieved, dropped into a more serious illness and was in danger of a premature end. One of the seventy-two disciples who visited the faithful was informed of the dangerous illness of the girl, for from her neighbors he heard that one of his sect living in that house was on the point of expiring. The disciple entered in order to visit her and encourage her according to her necessities. But the sick girl was so ensnared by the demons that she did not receive him or answer him one word, although he zealously sought to exhort and instruct her. She, on the contrary, sought to hide and stop her ears in order not to hear him, 
From these signs, the apostle saw the imminent peril of this soul, although he did not know the cause. Eagerly, he hastened to report to the apostle St. John, who without delay visited the patient, admonishing her and speaking to her words of eternal life, if she would only listen. But she treated him in the same way as the disciple, obstinately resisting the efforts of both. The apostle saw many legions of devils surrounding the girl, and though they retired at his approach, they failed not immediately afterward to renew the illusion with which they had filled the unhappy girl. This concludes our reading today for day number 297, in which we've been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 10, Paragraphs 155 to 162. Well, I feel bad leaving you on this little cliffhanger. It's kind of like a to-be-continued on an episode of a television show. But tomorrow we'll learn the fate of this girl that we've heard about in the last two paragraphs. We're told today that Mary remembered all of the people in their necessities and tribulations. And that's something that we do ask Our Lady to this present day to remember. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was ever left unaided. And so Mary remembers our needs, even to the present day. And then Mary has always had a special relationship with the souls in purgatory. So you have uh, Maria of Agreda today writing about Mary praying for those at the hour of death and then how she offered up fervent prayers or penances for those who uh, had died for the relief of their souls. And we see then in the time of Our Lady, this belief of purgatory as Maria of Agreda reflects on it. And then we also see Maria of Agreda writing at a time in which the doctrine of purgatory is very prevalent. And there's always these beliefs that Mary visits purgatory and that she delivers a soul from purgatory as well. We can ask Our Lady to do that, to pray for those who have died, especially our loved ones. And finally, in this story of this little girl that we heard today, what we see is the deception of the devil. The demon appeared to her in the form of another woman and with much cajolery told her to withdraw from those people. So we see how the demonic acts. The demonic also deceives, so is lying, is wanting this young person to follow their way, tells these lies about Our Lady and about the Apostles. And it's just another reminder for all of us about the reality of evil, its presence in the world, and the tactics of the evil one. Again, they're being exposed here so that we might try to correct it ourselves, that when we see it, we might know it, we might resist it. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.